Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine and creator of drjockers.com, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast is sponsored by my friends over at ChopC60.com. If you haven't heard of Carbon 60 or otherwise called C60 before, it is a powerful Nobel Prize winning antioxidant that helps to optimize mitochondrial function, fights inflammation, and neutralizes toxic free radicals. I'm a huge fan of using C60 in conjunction with a healthy lifestyle to support your immune system, help your body detox, and increase energy and mental clarity. If you are over the age of 40 and you'd like to kick fatigue and brain fog to the curb this year, visit shopc60.com and use the coupon code JOCKERS for 15% off your first order and start taking back control over your health today. The products I use, I use their C60 in organic MCT coconut oil. They have it in various different flavors. They also have sugar-free gummies that are made with allulose and monk fruit. They also have carbon 60 and organic avocado and extra virgin olive oil. When it's combined with these fats, it absorbs more effectively. And carbon 60 is great as a natural energizing tool because it really helps your mitochondria optimize your energy production. Now, if you take it late at night, for some individuals, it may seem a little bit stimulating. So that's why we recommend taking it earlier in the day. And it will give you that great energy, that great, great mental clarity that you want all day long. It will help reduce the effects of oxidative stress and aging and really help you thrive. So again, guys, go to shopc60.com. Use the coupon code JOCKERS to save 15% off your first order and start taking back control of your health today. Hey, friends, welcome back to the podcast. I am always interested in remarkable healing stories and uh, listening to people who have survived terminal cancer or some sort of late stage cancer. And that's why I brought on my guest, Jamie Holmes. We're going to talk about how she was diagnosed with stage 3B melanoma at the age of 33. This was back in 2012. She knew she was going to heal her body holistically with love and respect and how to treat her cancer as a symptom of a whole body in disarray. And Jamie is actually a Canadian aerialist. She's a dancer, instructor, entertainment company, and circus studio owner. She's performed all around the world, appeared in film and television. She's performed for awards, shows, concerts, music artists, and more. And during her healing process, she dove right into the world of natural healing, wanted to learn as much as possible. And today, 10 years post-diagnosis, she is still thriving, but still passionate, motivated, and curious about the wonderful capabilities of the body and optimizing health. You can check out her website, jamieholmes.com, and she's got a great book that we're going to talk about. It's called Carrots, Coffee, and Cancer. Carrots, Coffee, and Cancer. So without further ado, um, let's jump right into this interview. And also, if you guys have not left us a five-star review, now's the time to do it. When you leave us a review, it helps us reach more people and impact more lives with this message. Thanks so much for doing that. And also share this podcast. This could really help inspire somebody that maybe is going through a tough time in their healing journey. So be sure to do that. 
and let's jump into this show. Well, Jamie, great to connect with you. And uh, you're, you have a very inspiring story. And so I'd love for you to share that with our audience. Uh, thank you. I'm I'm very excited to be here. Um, trying to make it, I guess, a short story. I was diagnosed with stage 3B melanoma about 12 years ago. Um, I had a little mole. I'm a redhead, obviously. I don't have any black moles on my body. So I had a little black mole appear on my knee. Um, I actually thought it was sort of cute at the time, but a girlfriend of mine that had been to nutrition school pointed it out and was slightly concerned. Um, back then I used to go to the derm dermatologist every single year and it was sort of dismissed as nothing, no big deal, no big deal. Um, and then I guess a few years later, I actually, I was just like, you know what? It's sort of nagging on me. Why not get it taken off? Cause at that point, that's what I thought that you do with these things. Um, change my opinion a little bit now. Uh, but went, got it off. I think a day or two later, got a phone call from my derm saying that it's cancerous and that I had a bunch of appointments booked at my local cancer hospital. And then it all sort of my life collapsed and imploded. And it was, you know, riddled with a ton of different appointments that were multiple hours long talking about my five-year survival, which I didn't actually even know about at the time, what that meant. Um, and it just felt wrong. It, it all felt rushed and wrong. I was 33. I was obviously not super healthy, but, but what appeared to be healthy, I had great energy. Um, you know, I, I, I did look healthy. I had this one mole on my, on my knee, but, um, yeah, an so, athlete, got so yeah, you were an athlete. Yeah. So looked fit. I mean, I yeah. was, I was burning the candles at both ends. Mm -hmm. I, I will absolutely agree with that. And, you know, I, I was eating healthy for me at the time, which yeah. I definitely do not agree with now. Um, so there was, there was lots of learning to be had, but basically I got rushed into a bunch of appointments um, and then called it quits after I had a wide knee excision, which was an awful experience. Awful. Um, and I, I, out of fear, got some lymph nodes removed. Um, that's my one big regret in all of that because I, I knew that it wasn't going to help anything um, and decided after that, I don't care how it comes back. I'm, I'm going a different route. This doesn't make sense to me. I watched one of my best friends die horribly um, from cancer due to the fear of it, due to a drug trial, all that kind of stuff. It felt amazingly wrong. Um, so I went the polar opposite way and I could not be happier about the decision. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm sure that must have been a really scary experience. You had the surgery. Did they recommend chemotherapy and radiation? What was the the conventional recommendations for you? Immunotherapy was the one that they, they wanted me to go with, but I met with everyone and everyone gave me awful prognosis, like an awful, awful prognosis. So I, I always want to say it was around 50 something percent, but my husband always corrects me after I, I talked to someone that it was high 30s, um, that I would survive five years. And I was 33 at the time. So that was baffling to me. Cause like I said, I, I felt, I felt good. That being said, I had had other prior health issues up until that point. And at that point in time, my brain didn't really wrap around that. It's all, all one, right? Like, yes, I had a mole and I felt good, but I had had really bad stomach issues for multiple years. Um, uh, my menstruation cycle was a mess. Like there was other things that when I, I went to the alternative side and I talked to my natural path, natural doctors, iridologists went down to Gerson. They were all very clear on the fact that, oh yes, this, 
absolutely makes sense. This timeline makes sense. The cancer diagnosis makes sense. Um, so it was revamp time. Yeah. So you saw you had these warning signs, which a lot of people are dealing with, but they they have no idea that those could actually be warning signs of something deeper. So you had digestive issues. You had you weren't having your menstrual cycle, or at least not regularly. Um, which again are warning signs that the body's not functioning in, at its optimal level. It's not healing properly. Obviously, if you have digestive issues, it could be nutrient absorption issues going on, chronic inflammatory issues that play a role in that. Um, and so, you know, after you got this surgery, you decided, I'm going to go talk to some natural practitioners. What was your route? How did you get involved with uh, with Gerson? Well, I actually I, I had had a naturopath for years prior to. Um, who's amazing and who I had, you know, healed my gut with. Um, cause at that point my gut was, was really good. Um, and so I had talked to her prior to the surgery with the diagnosis prior to going down to Gerson and, and I had, you know, started going more hardcore with regards to juicing. I implemented some fasting, um, high dose supplementation, uh, more rest, more calmness, which is not really in my normal. <laughs> you seem like a type uh, A, type A personality type. Yeah, a little bit. I, I've got a lot of energy. I've got a, a big to do list every day. So the rest, like I, I put in my book, the rest was the hardest part of it. I can, mm. I can set my mind to something and I can do it and I can knock it off. That's never a problem. I just sort of need to wrap my brain around it. But it's, you know, the taking a beat, slowing down, implementing meditating, visualization, all that kind of stuff, which was the hardest, but it's the best. And I know it's the best. And I know, you know, when I'm not doing it, I feel it um, emotionally and, and physically and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yes, so I was seen, I was seeing my natural path beforehand and, and implementing all of those things. So essentially when I got to the lymph node, like the wide mar margin excision and then the lymph node, um, and it, it came back positive. And I just, I knew even before that, I was like, I need another approach. This is not working for me. The phone ringing off the hook, every, all the appointments, it was, it was not working. It was, it felt rushed. I didn't feel cared for. Um, you know, I would ask some of the doctors about changing my diet and how that could help. And that was met with a shrug, a shrug off. No, that has nothing to do with anything. And I was just like, no, this doesn't make sense because my stomach was really bad at one point in my life. And it got back to being better with changing my diet and supplementation. So to me, I was like, okay, that healed. So then I can heal this. I just need to find the right route. Um, and when I looked into Gerson, Gerson had really great um, outcomes with melanoma. Um, so I, I had actually looked into Gerson and then Dr. Gonzalez, um, either, or, and I sort of put it out to the universe. I was like, whoever gets back to me first, that's going to be the place. And I heard back from Gerson first. And so I booked a ticket and went down and, uh, was met with positivity and, and encouragement. And it just felt so much better, yeah. so much better than the sad eyes telling me about my five-year, um, life expectancy. So, yeah, yeah. And, and Gerson for the listeners, um, you mentioned that you booked a flight, so they have a clinic in Mexico. And, uh, and so that's where you went. Of course, people practice kind of a, a form of Gerson therapy at home as well, because it incorporates a lot of juicing. It incorporates coffee enemas, lots of rest, 
Um, and you can go into, obviously you, you were there, so you know more, I just know kind of an overview of it. Um, and of course your book is carrots, coffee, and cancer. So, um, that's kind of Gerson's, what they're known for is lots of carrot juice, lots of juicing in general, vegetable juicing, uh, in general, as well as the coffee enemas. And so we'll talk about, you know, your experience, what exactly they had you doing there and kind of go through like a day in the life of somebody going through Gerson therapy. Absolutely. Um, so when you, and I, I will, I will say, because I know that, you know, it, it's out of reach for some people. I don't think you need to go down to the clinic mm-hmm. to heal. I think that there's a lot of people that do a modified version of it. Um, with Gerson, I went down, I believe for, cause it was right before Christmas. I think they usually have people come down for two weeks and I think I did 10 or 11 days because of how it fell in the year. Mm-hmm. And you know, basically you're taking care of there. People bring you 12 juices a day, three green juices. Um, and the rest are a carrot apple combo and the food is all prepared and you do your five enemas a day. And then there's different things that you can do educationally. I remember Charlotte Gerson was there at one point. So we spoke with her and learned about a bunch of different things. So it was, it was very immersive and it was, it was for me a way to really wrap my head around it was a way to motivate and wrap my head around what the next two years were all about for me and that I could heal. And, and I left there feeling like, yeah, this is possible. I can totally do this. It's going to be a lot of hard work, but I'm not opposed to hard work. Um, so obviously getting back to Canada, um, you know, getting everything set up, trying to figure out your regular life plus this is a thing, but you know, it took, I would say a week or two, and then we were into the flow of it. And and it was okay. I mean, I, I didn't really do a lot for a year and a half to two years, um, other than my job, which was to heal. So, uh, you know, wake up early in the morning and you do an enema right away, or you do a juice first, I believe. I meditated a little bit probably first, and then a juice. I've lined it in my book. I don't have it mm-hmm. memorized though. Um, do your first enema, and then you're washing you know, the vegetables for the juice, and you're preparing the soup for lunch, and you're preparing the cooked vegetables. And you know, I would sometimes sneak an appointment or two um, with maybe an acupuncturist or my naturopath or my iridologist or something within that range. I would usually do some gentle light yoga in the morning. I would, I bought myself a rebounder because that was one of the forms of exercise that we could do, um, which that was hard because I'm used to exercising a lot um, and intensively. And I couldn't, and it was fine. It just, it took some getting used to. And I also slept, I slept sort of like a toddler. Like I had my two scheduled naps a day and they were needed and they were at least an hour to an hour and a half long, um, pending when the last enema or juice was, but yeah, 12 juices a day, five enemas a day, and then sort of getting everything organized for the next juice enema dinner, um, with help, large help from my husband and my mother who would come in every few months and sort of try to help relieve my husband. And that was sort of it. And it felt like ground groundhog day for a good year and a half, literally. Oh, and there was castor oil days. So those were excellent. Mm-hmm. And I say that very sarcastically because they were not excellent days. <laughs> uh, in general, I actually felt good. Like I didn't have any super crazy Herzheimer reactions or anything like that because I did have another natural doctor that was supporting me with extra supplementation. Um, pending what I was going through at what phase and what we were cleaning out and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like that was extremely helpful, but those castor oil days sort of 
kicked my butt a little bit. Um, basically it was, you know, I think two tablespoons, I believe of castor oil right in the morning. And then the only coffee that you were allowed to take in your mouth was to sort of get it into your system and then, you know, stay by the toilet for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. Castor oil, especially taken orally has a very strong laxative effect. So it's really to just try to clear out your intestines. And it also opens up, dilates the bile ducts, whether you apply it topically or orally. But of course, you do an orally, you're going to get a strong dilation of those bile ducts. And uh, you're going to really pump out a lot of toxins because bile is a carrier for large, fa oftentimes fat soluble or just large, heavy uh, toxins that are in your system. Your body gets rid of those through the bile and through the feces. And so, yeah, so you're you're doing that to help flush the system. And yeah, it can be an aggressive flush. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. for sure. I don't it every, I forget the exact, but I remember when it got, it say it was five days a week and it got taken down to three days a week. Oh, it was yeah. heaven. It was yeah. so much nicer. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, like you said, it was like a year and a half where you were just focused really on this. You weren't working or anything like that. And I think that's important for people to to understand is that, you know, when, it, when you have a diagnosis like this, it's going to take some time to really get your body in a state where it's healing. And, uh, you know, going going down to a place, you know, in Mexico, like Gerson, or um, you know, we've referred people to Hope for Cancer as well. Um, oftentimes, two or three week treatments, which are amazing. And, and they do, you know, I know Hope for Cancer, they're doing IVs and all different types of things. Ozone. I mean, they, you know, as as this whole field has progressed, because you were down there 10 years ago, they they've gotten more and more and more you know great modalities that um that they're seeing great results with so there's a whole 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 you know treatment center approach that that takes place but that really jump starts the healing process and then there's like you said what work that you've got to do at home to follow up and uh and so that's what you were doing and you were you were going through this process and um and so you said it was about a year and a half now, were you getting labs done? Were you getting blood tests? Were you getting anything to kind of measure how your body was improving? Yes, I I was, and I I was that was a bit of fun as well because I had to go through a few doctors because obviously I wasn't doing conventional treatment. Um, I don't know the behind the scenes thing, but I did have doctors that were okay with it. But then, because I did monthly um, labs for about it was about a year and a half to two years, like full on for a year and a half and then sort of like a modified for the last half of that year. Um, the definitely weren't in love with me coming to do labs each month. And, you know, in Canada, I can, they're covered, which is excellent. Um, but I remember at one point, you know, cause it was hard for me to get away. So I had to leave my house, wait at the clinic, get the blood work done, come back home, which is not a big deal. But when I was on a very rigid schedule, it would sort of throw things off. Mm. And then I'd have to go back, get my results, talk about them, and then come back. And truthfully, I just needed the blood work done. So I remember one of the doctors definitely had an issue with it. Um, I volunteered to pay for it. I didn't know if it was a money thing or not, but I had to switch people a few times until they were okay with, you know, I just need you to facilitate the blood work for me. I'm taking it to someone else. Um, so yeah, I did. I did them for once a month for definitely two years and then sort of petered that down. Now I'm down till I do usually do it about once or twice a year pending. If I'm like, ah, maybe I should go in now, maybe not. But 
yeah, it's, it's quite more, a, a lot more relaxed now at that point. For sure. And now, do you remember any of the key biomarkers that any of the the clinicians were looking at? Were they looking at like your C-reactive protein? Were they um, looking at inflammatory markers? Were they looking at any sort of like nutrient status, like vitamin D or anything like that? Absolutely. It, it was it was a CBC plus, 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 mm-hmm. plus. And each time I'd go in, someone was like, why? And I would have to explain it each time that I was, you know, going through some cancer, cancer treatment and monitoring it. And then they'd sort of, you know, be okay with it. But yeah, uh, zinc, vitamin D, um, free T3, free T4, I believe they're called, um, C-reactive protein, yeah. um, like all inflammation markers, my liver markers, uh, white blood cells, red blood cells, like mm-hmm. it was a big lab. <laughs> yeah. Sure. That I would get it, it, was, it was, it felt like a lot of blood sometimes, but I got used to it. So that's good. Yeah. You need a lot of those biomarkers to really help understand how the body's progressing and healing and, and to look for anything that is out of, out of whack that could give signals that maybe perhaps something needs to be changed or altered in in the uh, in the process. So I think that's key. Now, you were doing all this juicing, right? And so what what did that feel like as you were, you know, obviously 12 juices a day? Um, you're, I think they do like a vegetable soup. It's pretty much, pretty. I'm pretty sure Gerson's vegan. Is that correct? And it's everything is in a very easy to digest form. So it's like, what you're consuming is minimal stress on your gut. So your body, because digestion takes away from the the, the actual healing process. And so the goal is there to try to get as much nutrients into the body without having to really stir up a lot of digestive function. So your body can put all that energy, all of its energy into healing. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was delicious, but I guess most people would just say very bland. So you sort of had to get used to it, but, but Whenever you start eating better, your taste buds adjust. And, you know, I remember what were treats to me back then would not be treats beforehand or now. But um, at the time, you know, I would make these little I don't I don't remember if they gave me the recipe or I just made it up. These little sort of oatmeal, applesauce, nugget biscuit things that were delightful to to me. But I mean, they were good. The juices, I love juice. Um, I still juice one or two times per day. So they were delicious. The soup was milled. So it was very easy to digest. It also was quite delicious, to be honest, and then some cooked vegetables. So it was, it was, like I said, it was Groundhog Day, but I'm, I'm pretty easy going with regards to food. I don't need extravagantly different meals every single day. So it was sort of okay. And to me, it was what was fixing me, right? And it was what was healing me. So it was delicious and I was I was game. I it what I didn't get stuck in the, oh, it's boring and da-da-da-da-da. I mean, of course there were days that it was boring and all I wanted was chocolate. Um, but the outcome and what it was doing trumped that, right? Yeah, so- sure. Of course. Yep. And you know, uh, when it comes to juicing, I know the the traditional idea of it is we're just trying to flood your body with as much nutrition as possible. And I think, you know, there's a lot of validity with that, with just trying to get just nutrients that are in a lot of these fruits and vegetables without, you know, as much of the fiber, even though, you know, fiber obviously has a beneficial impact. It also slows down the digestive process. It's also a little bit more challenging on on the gut. So the juicing process removes that. So you get the nutrients without the roughage that can be a little more stressful for the gut. And there's better uh, assimilation with that. And also there's, 
you know, an evolving idea or evolving theory and evolving research about this idea of structured water, which we find in fruits and vegetables, which provides coherence for the cells. So it helps, helps the cells communicate back and forth and helps improve intracellular dynamics. So what's happening with the mitochondria and the DNA and all of that kind of stuff. We find that naturally in fruits and vegetables. And so that form of structured water, you're in a sense, you're flooding your system with that. We know with cancer, there's a breakdown in cell to cell communication. So the cells aren't able to communicate well. It's like a bad radio frequency. And uh, and so structured water really helps to improve that process. And of course, natural way we were exposed to structured water is, um, you know, like when water's flowing through rivers and things like that, actual, the, the flowing process creates structured form. Of course, in our society today, we, uh, we filter all of our water and, and, and many times for good purposes, right? We don't want to get bacterial infections. We don't want chlorine, fluoride, you know, so from a natural perspective, we don't want the chemicals they're using. And of course, we don't want to get bacterial infections and things like that. But much of our ancestors were going to be exposed to structured water, whether they were eating, you know, organic produce or they were drinking out of a river because as the water's moving, it's providing kind of the, the structured form. And... Um, and improving the cellular communication process. And so today's day and age, we can very easily do very little of that, get very little of that in our in our system. And so um, so I think that's one of the reasons why the juicing can be so helpful and effective there. Now, let's go back to you know where your lifestyle was. What do you think were some of the root cause factors for you to develop the melanoma? I mean, multiple things. I think that um, my gut being off for mm. multiple years and and bad bad like it was yeah. very bad without getting into graphic details it was it was bad bad and truthfully i remember when it started i was early mid 20s and one of my best friends that was going to nutrition school said i have an edgy professor you should probably go see him but he's definitely going to stop making you drink alcohol and at that point I had worked on a cruise ship for a little while. I had worked in Las Vegas for a little while because I was a performer and, and I was a bartender. So I definitely consumed a lot of alcohol. My liver was not the most happy with me, I'm sure. Um, so I think years of that, yeah. um, for sure. And like I said, I, I burned the candle at both ends. I operate at a very quick speed. I had my own business. Plus I was hustling, trying to be a performer, working a ton. I was teaching all kinds of fitness and dance and then moved into teaching circus. Um, when I implemented that into my lifestyle, I also ran an entertainment company. Like, you know, I was, I was go, 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 go. Um, no rest ever. Plus I exercise a lot, which also causes inflammation. Right. Um, and I have a question for you. I know for myself in my when I was in my late twenties building my career, I actually developed skin cancer as well. And I was able to heal that naturally. Now it wasn't stage three, it was early phase and I never got it diagnosed. I was just actually metastatic melanoma is what killed my grandfather. So I have it in my family history. Ben grew up in Florida on the beach surfing and things like that were sunburnt more than somebody should be. So I had those risk factors, but I think a really big factor for me was I had a, I had a really big fear of failure. And that was a big driver. That's why I was working so much. I actually lived in my clinic when I first started my clinic. I was, you know, six-figure debt and I was working around the clock. And I just constantly driven by this fear that I was going to fail. I was wondering psychologically if, you know, because you mentioned how you were just working, you were doing all these things, if that was a factor. 
For sure. Well, I, why not? Like, I mean, I'm a performer, so ego is definitely a thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think I've always, things haven't necessarily come super easily to me. So I know if I work hard, I can figure it out. Do you know what I mean? Like that's sort of how I operate and I can tend to be a little bit pushy with those kind of things. So I was like, I'll figure it out. I'm going to, I'm going to do the thing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make it happen. So yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I did not want to fail. And I was loving it from all angles. Do you know what I mean? I, I love performing because I do love it. It's, it's my background, but there's definitely an ego component in there. And, and yeah, you don't want to fail and you want to be top of your game and all that kind of stuff. And like you said, I'm a redhead and I've, and I worked on a cruise ship and I love yeah. the sun. So right. I've definitely been burnt too many times. Um, and I mean, I don't think that the, I, I don't go with the sun as bad. I just think that you need to be smart with it. Um, but yeah, I say, I think all those contributing factors, you know, bad stomach, um, really messed up periods, uh, like really very heavy, uh, oh, not fun for multiple, multiple, multiple years. Um, you know, which I've heard has to do with liver and liver not functioning yeah. well. So, you know, all of those things playing in, like I said, when I, when I first met with my natural doctor and we had a five or six hour appointment, I think, um, we went through my life, you know, how are you born? What vaccines did you have? Did you break any bones? Blah, blah, blah. Like it was, it was very intense and very extensive. And it, you know, when you looked at it on, on paper, he sort of went, yep, this leads to this and this leads to this. And now we're here and now you're here. And it was all quite obvious to him. So lots of factors. Um, and, and whenever they say stress causes disease, I feel like I used to attribute it to you're working too much and you're a banker on wall street. But I think, I mean, stress can be so many things, even if it's mm -hmm. I'm exercising all day long and then I'm going to shows at night and then I'm planning for the next show, like things that you love, but that elevate you. Right. It's not just, you know, I, I got a divorce and I lost a bunch of money. All those things are stressors. Right. So, um, yeah, that definitely all contributes to it. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of my favorite supplements. It's Paleo Valley's grass-fed organ complex. It's like a supercharged multivitamin that allows you to get a full spectrum of traditional superfoods loaded with nutrients into your body faster, easier, and without having to tolerate the taste. You see, grass-fed organ complex contains not one, but three organs. It contains heart, liver, and kidney, which are extremely rich in B vitamins, vitamin A, minerals, coenzyme Q10, key things like selenium. These nutrients support your energy, your mental clarity, your immune health, as well as your skin. And they're found in the most bioavailable form that our ancestors used to get. You see, whenever our ancestors would kill an animal, they would go right for the organ meat. So the most coveted parts because that's really where the life force was. They didn't understand nutrients, but today we know that's where the B vitamins, the CoQ10, the vitamin A, the key minerals are really concentrated in these organs as opposed to the muscle meats. And most of us are just not consuming organ meats on a regular basis, but now you can. You can get grass-fed organ complex, get these vital nutrients, they're freeze-dried to really preserve as much of the nutrients as possible. And you can take this again in, in, in replacement of some sort of a multivitamin that you may have been taking before. Guys, check it out. Go to paleovalley.com forward slash jockers. 
and use the coupon code JOCKERS at checkout to save 15% off today. Yeah, and I think that for a lot of, especially younger people developing cancer, uh, young adults developing cancer, even teenagers, I think that there's usually either like a post-traumatic stress, like maybe, you know, something happened really bad early childhood, things like that, um, which oftentimes is the case, or there can be kind of this highly internal, this this strong internal critic, critic which I think that was the case for me, um, this strong internal critic, this fear of failure that's constantly driving this. So it's like, you're never really resting because even when you're sleeping, you're like, your dreams are about, I, I remember I was, I was not even in school and I would, I would like wake up in the middle of the night and like my dream was about me missing a test or missing a, you know, some sort of performance related thing. And it would be like a nightmare. I would wake up and I'd be like, oh, I gotta, I gotta get to school or, you know, and I'm like, oh, I graduated two years ago, you know? <laughs> and so wow. it, it's, it's a lot of times that kind of performance driven individual, they, they may have had a great upbringing, you know what I mean? but they never really learned how to, how to turn that off. I know when I'm stressed because I have, it's so funny because I, I transitioned to being a circus performer of early thirties or late, late twenties, early thirties. And I danced before that. And I know when I'm stressed because I have not a reoccurring dream, but, but a similar ish dream where I'm backstage at a show where I'm dancing. It's never doing aerial for some reason. I don't know the choreography and I can't get my mm. eyelashes on. And it, I mean, I can put eyelashes on like a champion. I can do my stage right. makeup very quickly, but I can't get them right. And I don't know the choreo. And I wake up and I'm like, okay, we need to, yeah. we need to chill out because you're having that kind of dream that I'm not prepared. I'm just, yeah. I'm not prepared and exactly. I'm not ready. Which I'm a very, I like, I mean, obviously it's a control I, thing. It, I obviously not, not related to performing like that, but I've had those same dreams. It's like, I'm not prepared here I am, I've got to perform and I'm not prepared. It's that sort of internal tension, you know, and, and, and you'll, you'll see it in your dreams. So I think we have a kind of very similar story there. And I think that's important for people to understand. There's these mental, emotional triggers that, uh, that are associated with different chronic diseases. And I think for cancer, that's definitely one. It's definitely one that, you know, when I tell my story, I, I had to do a lot of mental, emotional, spiritual work to create peace, right? I get to a place where I'm at peace with myself where I'm really resting because I'm at peace. And, uh, and so I think that's just so, so critical. And I know you also talked about the sun and yeah, a lot of people will say, well, you know, skin cancer is caused by the sun. And I, I think oftentimes sun is a factor because it's a source of oxidative stress. If you get too much, clearly, you know, nobody sunburn is not healthy. However, if your diet is really good and you've got a antioxidant reserve in a sense where you're consuming enough antioxidants and you're also keeping your blood sugar and your insulin sensitivity uh, very good and healthy. So your blood sugar is balanced, your insulin, your body's very sensitive to insulin. So insulin, when it's high because your body's insulin resistant, it will drive more cellular reproduction. So you're, you're going to have more cell division, more cell division, you're going to have more of a likelihood to have abnormal cells, right? It's like your 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 printer in a sense, or your copy machine just is going crazy, right? It's it's increasing the amount of copies. There's a greater percentage that some of those copies are going to be blurry, right? They're not going to be properly uh, the proper copy, and so it's kind of the same with your DNA. So you want to slow down that cell division process, which is really key for longevity, as well as preventing disease. So keeping your, your body very insulin sensitive. And then also a big factor is the kind of fatty acids 
that are in your cells. All of your cells are are fatty acids, right? So we have this this bilipid layer of fatty acids, and if we have too much polyunsaturated damaged fats, these these high omega six kind of corn oil, soybean oil, we see this in everything, cotton seed oil, all the processed foods. They've got these refined seed oils, these damaged oils. Um, and when those, the fatty acids from those are making up a lot of our cell membranes, then we are going to be much more likely to sunburn. I know I get out in the sun a lot and I, I very rarely will ever uh, sunburn, right? In fact, my body does just fine um, being in the sun for a longer period of time than when I was younger. And a lot of that has to do with my diet, uh, lifestyle, things like that, obviously keeping stress down under control, allowing your body to rest and recover well. Sun has incredible benefits. Obviously, you can get too much, but we can't just blame the sun and be like, you know, and I know you're not, but a lot of people do. They're just, they're, they blame dermatologists. They they just blame the sun. Um, but really, if you get the the environment right, our ancestors were exposed to the sun. Even, you know, even those of us that are, you know, Northern European, certain seasons, we were going to be exposed to some sun and, and, you know, at times intense UV light, uh, for, you know, during the summer season for hours at a time, uh, on occasion. And so we needed to have, you know, but our, if our cells are, are working properly, we're going to be able to buffer that heal and respond and adapt to that. So, um, so I think that's important. I, you know, don't not get in the sun because you're worried about this, get proper healthy sun exposure, but also make sure that your body's healthy on the inside. That's super critical here. And it, it's it's funny. I, I put in my book as well. The first meeting at the cancer hospital, they handed me my little what I call it, welcome to melanoma. I don't know gift bag with I don't know copper tone in it, copper tone sunscreen in it. And I remember being like, really, really. And I asked them, isn't there carcinogens in there and and you know negative things within that? And they're no, no, no. You need to wear it every single day when you're out in the sun. I was like, okay. I don't know about this place. You know what I mean? Like it, it was, yeah, it was super Yeah. right away. Like the first five minutes I was like, and and not that I thought that I knew more than them or anything, but it was just, I was like, I'm not getting good spidey senses about this whole thing at all. Yeah. Yeah. And when to touch on that one more thing, I mean, the, the carrots with the beta carotene, that really helps. Obviously the you're reducing carrots that can be really helpful for as like almost a natural internal sunscreen when you're doing that. And then also making sure your zinc levels are optimal. I know you had mentioned that with your blood work. A lot of people are very deficient in zinc. Zinc plays a really critical role in helping protect against uh, skin cancer formation as well as just uh, sunburn in, in general. And then there are different plant-based polyphenols that can be really helpful as well. So things like resveratrol, quercetin, which we find in kind of the outer skin, anthocyanins, which cyan means blue, right? So it gives plants kind of a blue or purplish hue. Think about blueberries, red onions, red cabbage. So these kinds of compounds that we find in the outer layer of certain pigmented plants, quercetin we find in like the skin of an apple, um, it's in onions. So the, the outer layer there, you think about it, that's protecting the plant from high intense UV light and that's also going to confer those benefits when we're consuming that. So colored berries are rich in, in, in different phytonutrients, resveratrol, anthocyanins, different things like that. Quercetin, which again, we, we can find that in cranberries, uh, muscadine grapes. We find it in onions, apples, things like that. 
all really, really beneficial. Of course, you can take supplemental doses, right? Clinical doses of a lot of these things that will help help support your body as well. Turmeric, curcumin, another really good one as well. So all, all really good stuff. And I know you've put together this book and let's talk a little bit more about the book. What inspired you to, to, to write this and get this out? Like I put in the book, I, I, once I wrapped my head around everything, which was one of my biggest things, you know what I mean? Um, and, and you've, you've said as well, like once you sort of are like, okay, I can do this. I'm convincing myself I can do this. And sort of the internal, you know, chatter shifts to that. Um, then you go full on into healing. I felt so, um, I found it very, very, very key to watch every single summit that came out, um, find people like Chris work online. I mean, I, I first, um, heard of you in the truth about cancer series that sort of came out rightish after I was diagnosed. And it was amazing to me. Do you know what I mean? I think it's 12 days, two hours a day, two mm -hmm. to three hours a day of, you know, different doctors that are healing cancer and patients that have healed cancer and all, and you know, the, the more the truth about the medical system and all that kind of stuff. And, and I sort of fed off of that. Um, and it's like, I needed it. I needed all the stories I could get to convince myself. Okay. Well, this person could do that. That person can do that. I can do that. Right. Um, and it took a little bit of time, but not, not too much. And I sort of, I remember someone, I forget who it was saying, you know, when you're visualizing each day, which every single time I did an enema. So five times a day for at least 20 minutes, I would visualize myself in the future. I would visualize myself being healthy. I would visualize myself doing something that I wanted to do. Um, at that point, it was going to Costa Rica, getting married to my husband, you know, all those kind of things to, you know, show yourself that you're going to be okay. So that was, that was a big thing for me. Um, and I remember I, I put it out to a few people that like Chris work, I think I, I emailed him up years ago being like, I'm going to be on your show someday. And he was like, great. And also I did that with Howard Strauss, who is the son of um, Charlotte Gerson. And I would listen to his podcast that he had. And at one point, you know, I sort of cockily emailed him as well. And I was like, Hey, Howard, I love your stuff. I want to be on your show when I'm healed. I, I was just at the Gerson clinic. I'm on the right path. I'm super stoked. I'm going to be on your show. And he was like, well, let's get you on. I was like, oh, really? So I went on a few times sort of as a patient in the in the trenches and in the mix of everything and then sort of nearing the end of it and chatted with him. And he's, he was excellent, really great to chat with. Um, and at one point I was like, I'm going to write a book. And so I started jotting down notes. I, I go to Costa Rica every year. I run a retreat down there. It's, it's definitely a happy place for me. Get lots of good sun down there. Mm -hmm. And um I started making notes with uh, my mother and my husband about how I could structure it and what I could do. And, and it, you know, I had a lot of iterations of it a lot. I've never written a book before. My sister-in-law definitely helped me out with editing it and making it make sense. And then pandemic hit and I was like, okay, I'm going to finish it. Let's, let's get this done. It's been sort of like here and there. And I've been working on it here and there for, for a while now. So let's get it done. Let's get it out there because every story counts. And I think, you know, someone could relate to this person and not to me or vice versa. They could be like, oh, she's sort of like me and blah, 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 blah. And, and I've had, you know, after I went on um, Chris's show, a lot of people reach out to me with the kindest words ever. And I, I remember being in that phase and seeing people that I sort of attached to it and thought that they were wonderful and convinced me that I could do this as well. And I was just so grateful. So I'm like, I'm going to do that. I'm absolutely going to do that. I'm going to get better first. 
and then, you know, feel more confident in everything because at the beginning I was, I was very, I was very fragile. You know what I mean? Getting a cancer diagnosis is is a, a thing and I felt fragile and I just needed to sort of eyes on the prize and, and not deal with any of the external stuff. Um, and when I got to a more secure place, um, I was like, let's do this because I, I also know that, you know, it's, it's a little controversial. It's not the mainstream people think it's woo woo and all that kind of stuff. Um, and especially after pandemic, I'm like, I don't care. This is my story. Take it or leave it. Um, whoever wants and needs to hear it will, if you don't like it, it's fine by me. Like super cool. It's just my story. Yeah. And I think it's super important because people need to hear stories. They need to, they need to be inspired. And uh, I think, you know, everybody that has overcome some sort of chronic illness should write their story out, even if it's a blog, right? Even better if you can put it in a book form, um, because people, people need to read that. We need these kind of inspiring stories. Unfortunately, you know, mainstream medicine, they're not talking about stuff like this, right? So they're, they don't even honestly really know what to do with people that are, have gotten a diagnosis. And like you said, you had like a 30 something percent chance of living five years. They don't really know what to do with people that did not disregarded what they said for you to do, right? Didn't follow their conventional approach, did something else and then got better. They just kind of like, okay, well, I guess that worked. I don't know, you know, and that's about it. And so it's very important that we are getting that information out. And there's just not, fortunately, there's just not money in publishing enough research on, you know, using natural methods. And that's the issue there. You know, there's not a, there's not some sort of payoff from some sort of, you know, blockbuster drug at the end of the day. So people aren't motivated enough to do in, you know, intensive research on a lot of these things. I mean, some of the best natural health research now is being done by Prolon, who has this fasting mimicking diet because they sell you a box of food. Basically it's, it's healthy food, but it's a, a, um, it's a, it's you're fasting for five days, but you're actually eating. Right. So you're, you're not fully fasting, but it's what we call a partial fast. And they just kind of have the meals set out. Uh, and it's like 800 calories a day, which average individual needs about 2000 calories. So it's a partial fast, 40% of your calories. And they're doing research on people and how they're getting this amazing level of autophagy and insulin sensitivity and ketone production and, um, and stem cell development, you know, at at day five. And so they're able to kind of fund that research off of the food that, that you're consuming with this fasting mimicking diet. And they're coming up with some amazing research that's showing how important it is to go through periods of time where you are calorie restricted, right? Which is basically what Gerson does as well. You're not consuming a much, a whole lot of calories. You're mostly just consuming nutrients right into your system. And it's allowing your body to undergo autophagy, develop stem cells and go through this whole process. So, you know, really, really interesting, but I think it's so important that we are getting stories out like, like what you're doing with your book. And so I think that's powerful. Now, last question is what, what are you doing now? So obviously you were, you were doing this intensive 12 juices a day, coffee enemas, castor oil, all that kind of stuff. What does your daily practice look like now? No castor oil. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely juice at least once a day. Pending this season, I might do some wheatgrass. All organic. I mean, we have an amazing farm delivery that we get literally all year long, even in Canada. I mean, I get it weekly from an organic farm about two hours, I think, away from here. Um, with just a plethora of, I don't know, some some vegetables I don't even know. I've never even heard of them, and they're delicious. Um, 
So all organic all the time and just whole foods, really good oils. I eat fish. I, I don't, I'm, I don't love the texture of meat. I do know. I do like the benefits of meat, but I usually just mm-hmm. stick to organ meat. Um, cause I don't, I don't really yeah, like the great. taste of it, but my husband gets really great meat all the time. Good raw nuts that I keep in the freezer. It, it's pretty pretty basic. I, I don't really eat any grains because mm-hmm. I, I don't crave them. I don't really want them or anything. I, I get a lot of good fats. I get a lot of good vegetables. I eat a lot of eggs, really great eggs. Um, right. that's about it. I, I meditate as soon as I wake up in the morning. I don't turn my phone on until I've been up for a few hours. Um, and I sort of go about my, my body movement. I have two wonderful pets that I, I sort of start my day off with them because that's lovely. And, you know, I, I move every single day, whether it be at my circus studio that I own doing circus stuff or do a lot of Pilates, yoga, swimming. I do, I do a lot of stuff in the pool. Um, and I, I just try and maintain my stress. I mean, I am, I absolutely am still super busy. I still do things at a very quick pace. Um, but I don't, I don't overextend myself anymore. Like I know when I'm getting to the point that I'm like, I need a day and you know, I never sit in front of the TV for a day, but I know when I need a day to like minimize appointments, you know, maybe not get up as early or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I I won't get to that point that I used to get to all the time. Like it just, it was what it was and I had to get it done and that's what it was. So I don't do that anymore. I'm still busy. I'm still tired sometimes and all that, but I, I won't overextend myself. And, um, yeah, I, I try and just take some time for myself. Like I, I go with my dog for a walk every day. It's about an hour. My phone does not come with me and it's just me and my dog by the beach or in a forest, you know, getting all those good negative ions. And, um, yeah, I still like to immerse myself in all health things, podcasts, uh, summits. I mean, there's summits all the time now, which is excellent. And yeah, hang out with friends and just keep on keeping on. You know what I mean? Yep. Love it. So a very sustainable lifestyle now. So you're incorporating all this into a sustainable lifestyle, uh, still prioritizing your rest, your mental sanity, right? And, and, um, and obviously making, making good choices for yourself. So anyways, Jamie, you know, this has been a great interview. Uh, obviously really enjoyed it. And it's a, a great story. We've got to get out guys. You can check her out at jamieholmes.com. And the book is carrots, coffee, and cancer, really catchy title there, carrots, coffee, and cancer. And, uh, Jamie, any last words, inspiration for our audience here? One thing I did forget, and be- because you're, um, it has to do with fasting. I do fast yeah once a week. So I didn't, I yeah. forgot about that. Uh, every Friday is when I fast. Um, that is because, how, how do you do that? How do you go about that? I don't like lunch to lunch after. or dinner to dinner, uh, a um, to dinner it's Thursday night after yeah. dinner, I don't eat until the next, um, dinner. I also just, yeah. it was one of those things that I used to not be able to, I, I'd have to eat every two hours. My blood sugar was obviously mm. a bit of a mess. Um, you know, and now if I'm, if I'm on a flight, you know, to go visit my sister in Calgary, I just won't eat. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm at that point, which, which is great. I want to do more fasting. Actually, I've done a few multiple day fasts, sometimes with just bone broth, sometimes with just juices, sometimes with nothing at all, but I'd like to do a longer water fast. Um, finding the time is always, always excellent, but, uh, I at minimum do my once a week fast and, it's fine. It's, it's absolutely I, I think you're fine. doing, I think you're doing great with that. Cause you're very lean um, and leaner people. I don't think you necessarily need to do 
a three or five day fast. If you feel like you're having a lot of symptoms, maybe your immune system's not functioning well, it could be beneficial or if you feel more inflamed. But I think, you know, having a regular practice where you're doing like a one day fast once a week or even once every two weeks, I think that's great. I think that's really good for somebody that's already lean, already very metabolically healthy. Because if you're metabolically healthy, you're going to get a lot of autophagy where your body breaks down a lot of the damaged intracellular organelles. Uh, you're going to get the ketone elevation. You are going to get the human growth hormone elevation. You're going to get a lot of these very anti-aging longevity enhancements. And you're doing it regularly because you know, you're doing it a few times a month. So um, so you're going to get that benefit. So I don't think, I don't think, you know, I don't think you should be hard on yourself, be like, I really, I really want to do this three or five day fast. I don't know that there's a lot of magic that's going to come from that, that you're not already getting in the one day fast. Um, maybe once a year, maybe, you know, you might, might see, uh, you know, some good benefit there, but I don't, I don't think you need to be too hard on yourself unless you're noticing, you know, an increase in inflammation, things like that, then possibly for like a reboot or a reset. And sometimes your body will give you the signals. I remember a few years ago, I got the stomach flu. And so it was like, I didn't want to eat anything. So I did a five-day fast and I felt amazing after that. And part of it was my body was just saying, hey, look, I want to rest, you know? And uh, we had young young kids, I was stressed out, you know, things like that. And uh, and my body really needed that reset. So sometimes listening to your body, but I think a great ritual is what you're doing there with that one day, 20, I would say 20 to 24 hour fast, one day a week. I mean, if you can get in that range, I think uh, you get pretty incredible benefits if you're doing that regularly on a regular basis. Uh, very, very powerful. Excellent. Well, that makes me happy. Easier for me. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. Well, again, again, guys, check out her website, jamieholmes.com, and then the book, Carrots, Coffee, and Cancer. Thanks again for your time, Jamie. And we'll see you guys on a future interview. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.